Yo, 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 yo. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Mike up. Yo, it's Real Talk Sports. I am Deontay Smith. Today, we're going to have a segment called Mike Up. It's like a weekly segment with Mike Goldman. We get on here. We talk about sports. That's what this is all about, sports. We're going to talk about Southern Miss because uh, that's our school. We love Southern Miss to the top. Um... Let me see what are we touching on? What we touching on? What we touching on? We're gonna touch on the NFL Combine. We're gonna touch on Lamar Jackson. Is he a QB? Is he a receiver? He's a receiver. He's a QB. I think he's a QB. I wait, no, no, no. I know he is a QB. Then we're gonna talk about Saquon Barkley. He did 29. He did 20. He did what? He did 29 bench press reps. That man ain't strong. He's strong. And he wasn't the only one that did it. If we're going to touch on Des Bryant, do he need to be a cut? Do you think he needs a good cut? I think he needs a good cut. He's old now. Um, he's slow now. Uh, he used to be dominant. He's just not as dominant as he used to be. So I want y'all to call in. Give me some feedback before this goes on iTunes and Pod Pockets or Pod whatever you find podcasts. And we going to touch on... Oh, Dell Beckham Jr. wanted 20 million, 20 million dollars a year. Is he worth all that? But here we go with Mike. About to kick it off with Southern Miss baseball. Let's see what he got to say. Mike, what it is, yo? What's up, man? What's going on, Tay? It's just another day in paradise, my friend. Oh, dog, let's hop right into it. This weekend, we got, uh, it, would you consider this invitation a pretty big deal? Um, I mean, yes and no. Uh, I mean, the teams involved, you got Eastern Michigan, Ohio State, and Nickel State. Uh, believe it or not, Southern Miss is going to be the biggest name there, so. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a big deal. I mean, as far as baseball goes, uh, I mean, Ohio State's a national brand in football, but not right. What about Nickel State? Are they pretty solid in baseball? Uh, They're decent. Um, I mean, Eastern Michigan will be the the worst team there by far. I think they're they're one and six on the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, Southern Miss actually announced their pitching matchups today. Stevie Powers is going to start tomorrow night against Eastern Michigan and then Nick Sandlin's going to start Saturday against Ohio State. And then uh, Sunday is to be announced. But uh, I'm expecting Mason Strickland to start on Sunday. Okay. Do you expect the Southern Miss offense to be on and popping like it's been lately? Yeah. uh, The problem down in Pensacola is you got the minor league ballpark so I don't expect Southern to hit a, a dozen home runs this weekend by any means. But uh, I do expect them to uh, continue to score runs like they have been. All right. So uh, two nights ago, they faced the University of New Orleans in one of their midweek um, matchups. How did Southern Miss look in that 9-7 to victory? I mean, offensively, they, they've looked about as good as they have all year. They continue to put runs on the board, continue to put pressure on the opposing team's pitching style. Uh, the problem is you just they have to find enough pitching depth. And getting back Colt Smith and Trent Driver is going to help them. 
Colt Smith actually picked him um, yesterday in a, control, in a controlled scrimmage. And uh, Scott Berry said he might pitch might pitch as early as this weekend. Uh, Trent Driver's still got a long way to go. He had off-season arm surgery. Um, but he should be back before the end of the regular season. And getting both of them back is going to be huge. And did they have him, like, on a pitching or inning restriction? Is that what you're assuming they have him on? Uh, Cole Smith is going to come out of the bullpen. Uh, he, I imagine if he pitches at all this weekend, it'll be one inning or two innings max. Okay. All right. So heading into the week this weekend, Southern Miss is six and two. Uh, Monday morning, what do you expect their record to be? Nine and two. Uh, Nine and two. Yeah. Um, they should sweep this weekend. Uh, all three games. Uh. Stevie Powers should pitch relatively well against Eastern Michigan tomorrow night. Uh, and Nick Sandlin will be the best pitcher that Ohio State faces all year. Um, I mean, we'll see. So Sunday is going to be a toss-up. It really depends on who Scott Berry decides to start. Uh, J.C. Keyes has struggled his first two starts. Uh, so, I think they're going to mix it up. And, I mean, you could see a number of guys that pitch on Sunday – it may not be Mason Strickland that starts. It could be Jacob Wyrick or uh, Jared Wright or somebody else. Is there any chance that Southern Miss could be looking ahead to the matchup versus Alabama and Tuscaloosa and resting some arms this weekend? Or you think uh, they're going to go full force, try to win uh, this invitation? Uh, no, they'll go full force. The, uh, the only guy I don't expect to pitch – on Saturday or Sunday, or he might pitch Saturday. I doubt he pitches Sunday. It's going to be Walker Powell. He's more than likely going to start against Alabama on Tuesday night. Okay, okay. That's going to be an exciting matchup. Yeah, yes, it is. Uh, Alabama has looked really uh, really good under first-year head coach Brad Bohannon. Um, they're, they're, they're going to be really, uh, really decent. Uh, for the rest of the year. We'll see how it goes when they get an SEC play. But uh, they're definitely racking up the wins in non-conference. Well, not the only team in Alabama that's looking good in non-conference. Uh, Auburn is undefeated, right? That is correct. Yes, sir. Uh, is that surprising to you, or you you expected that out of them? Um, with the schedule, I kind of expected it to happen. But the way they've actually won some games, they've three of their eight wins have been come from behind in the eighth inning or later. Uh, that doesn't – just happened. I mean, that's that's a, a luck right there, really. Um, it takes a special kind of team, and uh, I mean, that's definitely a positive. But uh, they really haven't been tested up until well, they played South Alabama on Tuesday night, and they got a huge series this weekend against BYU. Uh, but I mean, yeah, they should be undefeated. Do you expect them to be a top four team in the SEC West this season? With Mississippi State kind of taking a step back. A top four, yes. I mean, you're going to have the big three of LSU, Arkansas, and uh, Ole Miss. And Texas a and is really good, too. Uh, so, yeah, they should be in that four to five spot. Uh, it just it really depends. If they, the pitching staff keeps developing like it has with the rotation on the weekend, um, there's going to be some really exciting pitching matchups in the SEC on Friday nights this year. Because you're going to have Casey Miles at Auburn. You're going to have Ryan Rollison at Ole Miss. Zach Hess for LSU. Uh, you're going to have Brady Singer for Florida. I mean, it's it's going to be really, really, really great baseball. 
So I have now we're going to stay with college sports, but we're going to move into the NFL combine, talk about some of the college prospects. Um, one guy that I really like and who I feel is being overlooked is Lamar Jackson. Um, I think he can be a quarterback in the NFL, but you definitely disagree. Uh, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. We uh, actually touched on this the other night. Um, Lamar Jackson, I, I think he is a phenomenal athlete. That's obvious. Um, I just he he's not polished enough as a passer to be an NFL uh, quarterback right now. Now, in three or four years, yeah, it might be different. But right now, no, he cannot come in and uh, and start as a rookie in the NFL. It's just he, he can't. Man, I'm telling you, Lamar Jackson had better numbers than Josh Allen, who people are saying he could be the number one pick. Um, is it is it the offense that that he's in? Because Teddy Bridgewater thrived in the same in a similar offense. Um, so what? So what's the deal? What? Is it because his footwork doesn't look bad? He goes through reads, even though his offense had simple reads, such as like the hitch corner reads, like smash route reads, um, and a lot of quick RPOs. Well, I don't really think they ran many RPOs, but I feel like he would thrive in a system where they do run RPOs because uh, footwork is less important whenever you're uh, when you're in shotgun most of the time. So I, I feel like. Lamar Jackson has the arm and he has athletic ability. Um, I feel like his athleticism translates to any position on the field, uh, but I really want to see him play at quarterback. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he will get a shot at quarterback. I just think his future is better suited at wide receiver. Um, it, it really, and this is with any player, it really depends on what system you, you come into the league in. Um, <clears throat> and so, there's certain systems that he can thrive in, and there's other systems where he would not. Uh, I cannot see him thriving in an offense like Seattle where it's run-oriented. Um, and I could, I could, however, see him thriving in an offense similar to what the Steelers run where it's a little more wide open and they're in the shotgun a good bit. Um, I mean, we're going to see. It's just really going to depend on what GM falls in love with him and – decides to take a chance and say, okay, you're going to play quarterback and we're going to, we're going to give you three to four years and see how you progress. And, and, you know, that's going to be it. Yeah, I definitely disagree with a lot of the mock drafts that have him go in the first round. I think he's more of a second or third round uh, draft pick, more likely third round. If you are looking for in the first two rounds, looking for guys that can contribute right away, he's not someone that can contribute right away, but I do see that, um, I do see him thriving in an offense like <laughs> Green Bay, <laughs> who is probably going to lose Aaron Rodgers to the Browns in a big trade. Huh? What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, I think you uh, might be a little sleep deprived there, buddy. Uh, <laughs> no, um, with Lamar Jackson and the first round uh, projections, it's not necessarily based on his quarterback ability. It's going to be based on his athleticism. Uh, I mean, as far as – pure talent goes he's definitely a first round talent uh now as far as playing quarterback then he would be third fourth or fifth round because you're gonna have guys like josh allen baker mayfield mason rudolph uh i'm forgetting people here oh josh dr or josh rosen sam drno you're even gonna have guys like cal laletta and luke falk who are gonna get strong consideration for the back end of the first round I can definitely see that Falk from 
Washington State. I can definitely see that. He's a, he's a big body. Oh yeah, um, he's a big body. He's got a really good arm too. The thing about it is though, and in Mike Leach offense, they don't really stretch the field a whole lot. It's a lot of short throws, and so people have definitely questioned his arm strength. But I believe he does have a strong arm. Hey, you want to know who likes big quarterbacks? John Elway. Yeah, in Denver. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to uh, Saquon Barkley. The guy did 29 reps. Is that a big deal or no deal? For a running back, it's a huge deal. Um, How? It just means guys can't strip the ball from him? Well, not necessarily that. I mean, upper body strength at running back, it's it's not a big deal as lower body strength, but being strong in the upper body is definitely going to help as far as injuries go because you're going to take a lot of hits. And he wasn't the only one that did 29 reps. Nick Chubb from Georgia did as well. Oh, yeah. But I kind of expected it out of Nick Chubb. He's more of a pound guy. He's more of a um, – but he's more of a, a ground and pound guy. I did not realize that Barkley was 6 feet, 233 pounds. He's he's definitely bigger uh, than he looks on the field because he plays faster. Right. Uh, the same thing with Chubb and with Sonny Michelle. I mean, both of them play faster than uh, the weight would indicate. All right, so who has the most to prove at the combine? Well, you want to go position by position? Yeah, let's go at quarterback. Uh, Lamar Jackson definitely needs to have a great combine. Um, like I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. He needs to show that he can make all the throws necessary, and he needs to be really accurate. Because uh, I don't think anybody questions his arm strength. It's those touch passes and those being able to hit that 25-yard corner route and, you know, hit the receiver in stride. Little things like that is going to go a long way in the eyes of scouts and GMs to determine if he's worthy of being a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he's one guy quarterback. I really I really think Luke Falk needs to have a great NFL combine, as well as Kyle Aletta. And um, there's another one I was, I was thinking about earlier, and I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, as far as running back goes, uh, you're going to have the, the duo from Auburn, Cam Petway and Kerryon Johnson. Both of them really, really, really need to have a great combine. And Kerryon Johnson's already started out bad. He only had 11 uh, bench reps, which shows he is about as weak as pond water. Um, those are really two of the running backs that need to have a great combine. And Darius Guys from LSU needs to have a great combine. You think he needs to run a good 40 or – I think Show, be explosive. Anything below a four six in the forty is going to be really good for Darius guys. Uh, I'm I'm really interested to see what Barkley runs. Uh, if he runs that under that sub four four five, I mean that he's going to definitely be a lock for a top five regardless. Mm-hmm. But that's really going to cement that top five pick right there. Is he worthy of a number one pick? Uh, it really depends. I think if you're Cleveland and you're going to hang on to the number one pick, you need to take a quarterback. Uh, if somebody trades up with Cleveland and Cleveland trades back down, then, I mean, this draft is going to be just a total crapshoot. I have no idea what anybody's going to do. Yeah, I I don't see a whole lot of studs in this. I see a lot of great potential, but no no studs. Nobody that's a no-brainer. Now, guys, I think they need to prove themselves at the combine. Uh, Josh Allen, he needs to show that he can be accurate. Uh, I feel like that's something that the people kind of say, well, he didn't have great athletes around him. Um, and, and that was a 
that was detrimental to his stats. Um, Nick Chubb, I feel like he t- he got hurt. Was it his junior year or his sophomore year? Well, yeah, he was banged up really kind of throughout his whole career at Georgia's minus his senior year. Yeah, I think it was like 2015 he, he tore his knee up. Um, he needs to show that he has gained his, his explosiveness and his ability, uh, like as far as broad jump, vertical jump, and his 40. He's sure that he's recovered a lot of that that talent that he had before. Um, now, I love receivers because I play receiver in Juco. So, Cortland Sutton from SMU, he's a big receiver who I really like. But I think he doesn't really run good routes. He needs to show that he has fluid hips. Uh, he can get in and out of his breaks. And I'm I'm really afraid to see what his 40 is with him being so big and being in that run-and-shoot offense at SMU. So he could just be a product of the system, but with a guy six four two fifteen, it's really hard to overlook him. And uh, another receiver is going to be James Washington out of Oklahoma State. Yes, um, he he looks fast on on uh, on film, but I don't think his forty is as fast as he plays. And I feel like he should decline the forty if you want to be honest and wait till his pro day. Um, but he definitely has the ability to get past college defenders. And then people are going to say, well, he plays in the Big 12 where defense really doesn't matter. But he is still playing at a, at one of the premier programs in the Big 12. Um, and you said somebody from LSU. I think, uh, I think we're going to stay at LSU with Adrian Key because he used to be – he was like a top five pick. He's played DN. I think he does a little linebacker, does he? Or is he straight? Well, Ar- yeah, Arden Key. Um, Ar- yeah, Arden Key. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a hybrid defensive end, outside linebacker. He doesn't have the size really to line up in a traditional four three or three four defensive end in the NFL. So he's definitely going to be uh, an outside linebacker in a three four defense, to where he can actually rush the passer. And I mean, back to wide receivers, uh, you got DJ Chark at LSU who had a huge Senior Bowl. Oh he yeah. Also, he also needs to have a really great combine. I'm really interested to see what he runs as well as Calvin Ridley from Alabama. The thing with Calvin Ridley is, is that speed is not going to be the question. Calvin Ridley is going to have a a great 40. His problem has always been his hands, not being able to be consistent enough and make the easiest catches. Uh, And speaking of Oklahoma state, you talked about James Washington. I, I was really impressed with Marcel Aitman, the other receiver from Oklahoma state. Mm-hmm. He checked in at 6'4", 218, so he's got the physical tools. Let's see how how he runs in the 40. If he runs under a 4'6", he's going to be a, a top three three rounds. He'll be drafted. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I love the combine. I love watching most of his reels. The only thing I skip is probably the, the specialist and the offensive lineman. Oh, I love watching the big guys run. <laughs> All right, so we just wrapped up. The, uh, the combine talking about a couple Cowboys from Oklahoma State. Let's talk about a former Cowboy and a current Cowboy in the NFL, uh, Des Bryant. So uh, he's he's due $16 million next season. He's obviously not worth it. Do you think the Cowboys cut him or he restructures his contract? Uh, I don't think he's going to want to restructure his contract, but in order to stay in Dallas, he probably needs to. I mean, if he is such a team player, which I don't think he is, uh, but, I mean, if he wants to keep playing with Dak and Zeke, then he definitely needs to restructure that contract. Otherwise, they have no choice but to either trade him or release him. 
So if they were to release him, where do you see him landing? Because he would be the the best receiver on the market as far as um, est- how established he is. Well, the thing about it is, is that you have to have really a pretty depleted receiving core to want to take that drama queen that is known as Des Bryant. <laughs> um, I mean, he really is the T.O. of today's game. Um, that's really hard to say. I could see him somewhere possibly, I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody who really needs a wide receiver. Uh, maybe like Baltimore. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. If, I don't know if John Harbaugh can get the best out of him or not. Uh, maybe somewhere like Kansas City. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to say. It really, it's really going to depend on what Dallas decides to do with him and if he's released before or after the NFL draft. Yeah, I feel like he needs to go somewhere with an established quarterback. I don't think Kansas City would be a good fit for him just because of how demanding Des Bryant is of the ball. Uh, it, it could hinder Patrick Mahomes' development. Um, and another thing, yesterday I saw on the ticker that Jonathan Stewart was released from the Panthers after he, they could not settle on a restructured contract. Um, my ch- my odds are that he ends up in New England. What do you think about that? Well, that depends on what New England decides to do with Deion Lewis. Um, Deion Lewis, I actually read that he's he said that you know he hasn't. Uh, he said that he hasn't said that he wanted to be out of New England, but uh, I don't know if he's going to re-sign with them or not. If they get rid of Deion Lewis, and Jonathan Stewart could very well end up in New England uh, because you know how Belichick and Josh McDaniels like to have three or four or five running backs. Uh, right. I'm just – I'm not sure how much Jonathan Stewart would actually help them because, in my opinion, uh, James White and Rex Burkhead can definitely handle the load. But then you would have – I guess you could use him as a short yardage situation guy, kind of like we did with LeGarrette one a couple of years ago. Don't forget about Gillisley, dog. Yeah. yeah. He's probably gone after this year because he was horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure – I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you're the one that wasted that draft pick on Gillisley in our fantasy league. Yeah, I'm, I was that idiot, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was also the idiot that traded away Big Ben and Martavius Bryant, and Big Ben ended up going off. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so let's talk about Odell Beckham Jr. Is he worth $20 million a year? I think he will collect about $5 million this year right before his option year, which he gets $10 million. Is he worth $20 million? Uh, if he can stay healthy, yes. Um, if he can stay healthy and whoever is going to be quarterback of the New York Giants can actually stay on their feet and not, <laughs> but, um, then yes, because he is when healthy, he's one of the top three receivers in the league with Antonio Brown and Julio Jones. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he's definitely worth the money. I disagree. Um, his, I think you're, your best trait as a receiver is availability. And uh, he just doesn't have that. He, he started his career off with the bad hamstring. He missed the first six games, I believe. Um, then he tore his Achilles last year mm-hmm. and missed most of the season. And I do think he intends to sit out preseason and some of camp, which is uh, a bad idea when you're coming back from an injury. Um, I, I really think he should play this season out see how it goes. They're going to pick up his option and, and restructure next year after his option is picked up. 
but but worth twenty million. The best receivers aren't even getting twenty million. Well, yeah, I agree, but that's the thing about today's sports is that the uh, the premier players do want that kind of money, and if Beckham was to get twenty million, then you know for sure Julio and Antonio Brown would also want twenty million. And uh, I mean, we'll see how it works out, but uh, I don't know if I would pay him twenty million, but I would definitely pay him uh, to keep him in New York. And I mean, it really depends on what the Giants do with the quarterback situation. If they're gonna finish with Eli, or if they're gonna, well, I'm sure they're gonna draft younger anyway. Uh, but if they're gonna stick with Eli until he he calls it quits, then uh, we'll see. If Beckham wants to play with him, then yeah, sign him up. When you say draft younger, and I, I assume you're talking about the quarterback position, mm-hmm. what quarterback do you see them take in the draft? It really def- depends on how the dominoes fall. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. What we talked about last week is the Browns should take Josh Allen. Uh, I can see them taking him or Baker Mayfield. Uh, it, it depends on how the rest of the uh, – the draft falls out. I mean, if the uh, Browns take Josh Allen, then I can see Baker Mayfield or even Josh Rosen going to the Giants. Okay, that's interesting. Um, Andrew Luck expects to be ready for camp. Um, you think he will be ready or not? He's had a whole year to sit out. I mean, yeah, I think he will be ready for camp. Uh, I don't see him playing a whole heck of a lot in the preseason. Uh, I think you might see him in for a series or two the whole preseason um, simply because they don't want to risk him getting hurt again, which is really smart. Um, I just I, I do think he needs to participate in camp and, and get his, his, you know, timing back with his receivers and kind of get his feet wet before the opening of the regular season. All right. Uh, I have one more question. This is going to be a curveball because I got to get you back for what you did to me the other night. Um <laughs> Aaron Gordon, I mean, Melvin Gordon, I'm talking about basketball. Melvin Gordon, do you guys, the Chargers, pick up his option? Yes. Uh, Why? I, He's, he isn't that great of a bat. I don't think there's any doubt the Chargers pick up his option. Um, and he's better than his numbers would indicate. Uh, I mean, he had a pretty solid year last year. Uh but he's a he's a receiver out of the backfield, and he can he still has game breaking speed. Uh, yes, they pick it up, no doubt, no doubt in my mind. And what are the missing pieces that you guys need to make a serious run at the playoffs? The missing pieces are going to be uh, winning divisional games and uh, <laughs> <laughs> winning games that you should win. Uh, yeah, that's 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 a big key right there. So it sounds like you guys have all the pieces in place. You just got to win games. I don't know why you're saying you guys like I'm a huge Charger fan or something. Uh, you are. I'm a huge Phillip Rivers fan, not necessarily oh. a Chargers <laughs> fan. Uh, I mean, I'm a Saints fan. You know this. Uh, I, don't have, I don't have a problem with the Chargers there. But, yes, uh, seriously, uh, I'm really interested to see what John Gruden does there in Oakland. So – it's going to come down, in my opinion, between the Chargers and Oakland for the NFL, the NFC, uh, the AFC West, uh, and it really depends on how much Mahomes improves 
throughout the year in Kansas City because Kansas City really is going to bring back everybody from last year's team that won the AFC West. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, so we'll see how it plays out. Uh, I really don't see Denver's the only team I don't see really contending for that that title. Not even with a quarterback? Well, it depends on what quarterback it's going to be. If it's Kirk Cousins, <laughs> it's a possibility. If it's, I mean, Sam Bradford or somebody else, I don't know. But I do know that I don't see them winning the West with Trevor Simeon or Paxton Lynch. I think uh, Kirk Cousins is a little overrated uh, just because he's the best quarterback on the market right now. Um, he's a mediocre winner. Uh, lack of success in Washington was a product of the weapons around him or or the front office being in chaos. Um, the thing about it is, is that he really didn't have weapons around him. I mean, the offense, the receiving core is, is like middle of the pack at best. If he went to Denver, he'd have Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. And, uh, I mean, that's that would be the best receivers he's ever played with, period. So, I mean, I do think Denver would be greatly improved with the addition of Kirk Cousins. Okay, okay, okay. Got a feel for what you think about that. On him, um, I want to say that's everything, man. Is there anything you want to touch on? Let me see here. There was a question I was going to ask you. I had it uh-uh. had, had it picked out a couple of days ago. <laughs> I'm kind of uh, kind of drawing a blank on what it was because I I was when I talked to you Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday, uh, I thought we were going to do it yesterday, and then mm-hmm. and I, I totally forgot about it anyway. And then today, <laughs> today, you know, I'm headed home, and I was like, oh, we got to do our podcast. And so, uh, yeah, I don't remember the, the question I was going to get you on the spot with. Man, that's probably a good thing, because I probably would have swung and missed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it won't be that bad. Uh, I'll try not to put you on the spot like that again. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate you coming on to Real Talk Sports for this segment of Mic'd Up. Oh, and, and unofficially, uh, I want, I want, you know, I want the Mississippi Valley State baseball job. Just unofficially. Oh yes, we got to talk about that, man. They just, they were recently beat thirty nine to nothing by New Mexico State. Um, so yeah, how would you how would you power. fix that? Huh? So yeah, New Mexico State, the baseball powerhouse. <laughs> how would you fix that, man? They had like four errors. Would you start it with fielding or pitching or, or at the plate? Um, honestly, it would actually start with the coaches I put around me, um, and then it would translate to the field. And I have a couple of guys in mind. A couple are unemployed right now. Uh, I'm not going to drop any hints. <laughs> you want to give them any ideas? Who they may or may not be. But uh, I, the main key for them, uh, honestly, would be uh, to start on the, on the mound. Um. I mean, if you can at least limit the opponent to 18 runs instead of 39, <laughs> you might have a fighting chance. Uh, but uh, pitching staff, definitely, and uh, then you can kind of work your way from there. Because, I mean, in baseball, you can manufacture runs, but if the opponent's scoring 15 runs a game, then it's really not going to matter if you can manufacture a couple of runs. Uh, pitching, pitching, pitching. 
So, so pitching wins championships. In baseball, yes. So, man, we're going to have to talk about some spring training on our next segment. Um, we're going to do some research. We're going to see uh, how many home runs I project the Yankees to hit. As a team. for the season, as a team, yeah, as a team. Do you see okay. the Gary? Do you see the Sanchez bomb? Oh, he went over the scoreboard. Well, I'm see, telling I, you. I actually read an article today where they're trying to come up with a nickname for Judge and Stanton that combo. So yeah. we need to come up with a nickname for them, and you know, maybe we can get on ESPN or something. Dude, I definitely take that. So and we have, need, have everybody need, say they heard it here first. Yeah, we need to brainstorm on that. All right, we're definitely gonna think about it. Oh, here's an interesting fact that I overlooked uh, when I was doing some research on baseball. Gene Carlos Stanton, his old name is Michael Stanton. Do you remember that? Do you remember him being called that? I do. Dog, I thought it was like two completely different guys. No, he changed his name like 2012 or 13 or 14. I don't know, some a couple of years ago. Uh, but yeah, he uh, he did it in the off season, and um. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't have a clue why. Uh, I don't know the story as to why he did it or anything, but I do remember his his former name. Yeah, artist formerly known as Michael Stanton. Yes. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk about Stanton and Judge and Sanchez and the rest of the Yankees, and we'll see how how many bombs they're going to hit. We need to get Kagan on and just have a little three way conversation about baseball. We're definitely going to make that happen sometime this weekend. Oh, let's do it. I'm ready. All right, man. I'll holler at you later. Later on, buddy. Thanks again, man.